it is Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. We are live today at the brand new Electronic Express, the grand opening celebration of the new Electronic Express in the old Toys R Us location. Come by now for all amazing deals, plus free prizes and giveaways all day, including Floyd Reese, the cookie dough. That I know you you took a bite of and liked, and you never take a bite of anything when someone offers it to you. But you I, took a bite. I've never seen this, and I didn't. I was in my mind. I was trying to figure out: is this really cookie dough? And it is really cookie dough. Oh, it's like <laughs> the cookie dough they have here, and they got it right over there on the table across from us. So stop on by. They got pizza and all kinds of stuff as well. It would be like if you were to take cookie dough and just inject it into your veins, like as an IV. That would be the kind of cookie dough they got out here. Uh, as we're hanging out here, again, we got prizes all day long, including a register to win. So come on out and register to win tickets and come see us and say hey. And congratulations to Cole Lowry because Cole is going to be going to the Preds and the Jets on November 19th. Lower-level tickets. He won this past hour. We got Vanderbilt, Kentucky tickets we're giving away this hour. Uh, so come on out and register, and you'll still be registered if you don't win the Vandy, Kentucky tickets to win the last pair of Preds and Jets tickets uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Right. So get excited. Uh, about all of that and again electronic express has the best prices from all the major brands on 4k tvs major appliances computers tablets mattresses and so much more they did my entire house and they did a great job my entire house so i'm very thankful that that they have us out here but very thankful for the job they did at my home and if uh, floyd had to furnish a home i'm sure you wouldn't mind stopping in here and having sally hammer out all the details oh we got they the kids went and got me some big giant tv for whenever it came from here because they've got we've got this this system through sounds and they had to hook that all up they had to put it all together they were magnificent so i so something that that didn't make it through or, or i guess has been kind of a, a really a small topic this week not a big topic but but eddie george went on across the street and said something to the effect that nobody respects taylor lawan as a leader and we talked about this a little bit yesterday but the idea that Eddie George is a smart guy. So Eddie George is not just throwing something. You know how you get mad at the media when Stephen A. Smith throws something against the wall just because, why not? Stephen A. Smith says it. You know Eddie George pretty well. You know Eddie's not just throwing stuff against the wall. So Eddie comes out and basically criticizes Taylor Lewan. And if Eddie's going to criticize Taylor Lewan, there's a reason Eddie's criticizing Taylor Lewan. Probably because Eddie is tired of seeing the same things that we see when it comes to Taylor Lewan. Well, you asked Chris Sanders about the criticisms of Taylor Lewan yesterday. This is what Chris Sanders said on our show, former Titan. And I'm going to say this in a respectful way. I respect Lewan as a player, and I don't know him off the field, and you know, what he does as, as a husband or a man. But I'm just going to talk about the player. You know, when you talk about leadership, leadership makes everybody around you better. You know, when I, when I played with Eddie George, Eddie George wasn't a rah-rah guy. you only seen him a couple of times. I would follow Eddie. I would follow Lorenzo Neal. I would, I would follow Joe Bowden. I would follow, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Robertson. Because the way those guys work and the way they practiced, the way they responded, the way they, they looked at film, the way they carried themselves, that's leadership. I don't want to hear a guy talk about, well, I'm going to do this and talk about busting with the boys. I understand. I respect that. I don't want to hear that nonsense. I want to hear if you're going to block the three technique, the five technique, whatever technique you have to block, I want you to dominate your man. That's leadership. I mean, you know, I watched Eddie George. I watched Eddie George when he came in in 1996. I watched him at the Ohio State University. This dude, after practice, we would do two-a-days. This dude is lifting weights. This dude is doing an extra workout. 
that's the kind of cat that I'm going to follow. I'm not going to follow a cat that's going to say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to just get better and, and get energy. I'm just not going to do that. Floyd, what do we make of the criticism surrounding Taylor Lewan and leadership? Uh, you know, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I would agree with some of the things both those guys said, you know, which is I don't, you know, you don't talk leadership. I mean, you are a leader. And, and if you are a leader, people will recognize that. And they will recognize it by your work habits and your practice habits and the things you do and, and how well you've heard me say this forever about leadership. I mean, you have to perform. Doesn't mean you have to be an all pro. Doesn't mean you have to be a pro bowl player. But it does mean if your job is to block a three technique, you have to block the three technique every snap. And people recognize that kind of stuff. And so I think it's, you know, it's one of those um, situations that, you know, a, a coach will take a guy, and this is another mistake people make, they'll take a guy they think should be a leader, and they'll try to convince him, you know, you need to be a leader. You need to do this. You need to do that. And you don't make leaders. You know, you don't create those guys. You don't tell somebody, this is how you be a leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, you—it just is, and uh, and uh, you know that's why when you go through—and I've told you this story before—I'm at, at Eddie's pro day at Ohio State, and everything there's there's four thousand people in this building, and a great group of players. This group of players is going out there and doing stuff, and everybody's okay. As soon as they say Eddie George. It's his turn to do something. Everything in the building stopped. Every head turned to see what Eddie was going to do. And, you know, we went to vertical jump. Same thing. You know, guys are weaving their way to go in vertical jump. When Eddie comes, the path opens like the sea. Walks right through it, does his thing, leaves. I mean, that's leadership when you can do those, when you are that person can do those kinds of things. You know what's funny is I've actually been at a pro day with a very similar situation like that, which I, I guarantee you find that hard to believe. But when I was in Louisville on the radio, Teddy Bridgewater had the pro day. And the Louisville was loaded that year. They had Marcus Smith go ahead of Bridgewater. They had Calvin Pryor, the safety, go ahead of Bridgewater. They had a bunch of guys go out that year. But everybody stopped inside that facility when Teddy Bridgewater did something, and it was, okay, Teddy's up. And I think if there's anything you can give Teddy Bridgewater, it's about how many people talk about his skills as kind of a guy and as a quarterback. and Like, no one ever talks about Teddy being able to throw the ball down the field, but they always talk about Teddy's professionalism and Teddy's willingness to work to get back and and all of those kind of things that – I mean, Taylor Lewan got suspended four games for PEDs. That's the that's the hardest part for me with Lewan is you want to be a leader, and you're a pretty good player, and you make a ton of money. So because of that, chances are you're probably going to have some gravitas in that locker room just based upon those three things, right? Yeah. But then when you get suspended for PEDs, all of that for the most part kind of goes away for a little bit. And it's kind of like... I'm not sure it does. I mean, I I know why you would say that. But in the league, 
a lot of people get suspended for yeah. PEDs. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I know, but but for it him to get suspended for PEDs more than you you know than people and, want to let on. But it's but it's not like you know you get suspended for PEDs. You lay low. You don't say anything. You know, you come back. You just do your job, and then all of a sudden, after eight weeks of you doing your job, people remember. Taylor Lewan came right back yapping away. As soon as he got in here, got in that Twitter beef with the Buffalo Bills players, and they were calling him out. And and to me, I just think Taylor Lewan is meant to be a follower and not a leader. He's meant to be a really good player, a highly paid player on a good team, but he's not meant to be a leader of men. He's not the guy to go to go in the huddle and say, all right, guys, we're going to make a statement today. Let's go. Hands up. Team on. Th- that, he's not that guy. Tannehill, I get that vibe that Tannehill's kind of that guy. I don't know about Henry. I think Henry can be that guy, but I'm not sure if Henry wants to be that guy. But well, Tannehill, I, I feel like Tannehill knows that's his responsibility. Yeah, Henry, and again, we talked about this yesterday. I mean, when I look at this team, I mean, I think Delaney's got leadership qualities. I think Ben Jones has got leadership qualities. I think Tannehill probably does. I think Derrick Henry does. Uh trying to think through the well, rest Rabel of Well, Rabel said a couple of weeks ago Deion uh, Lewis was a leader on offense. Offense, yeah, I'm trying to think through the offense. We're not counting and Deion I don't anymore. really I don't really know Deion. So I don't know if he is or isn't. Um, but then you go over on defense and you know, you've got Casey and you've got Logan Ryan and you've got Byard and you've got Woodyard and you've got guys that that are leaders. And some of them are really good players. Most of them are are certainly players. Some of them really good, some of them not quite as good. But the point being that they all of those guys are good workers and good guys, and you know they do they do pretty much what they're supposed to. Very very few problems. Let's take your calls. The question is, what do you think of the criticism surrounding Taylor Lewan? Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Jared and the GM today live at Electronic Express. Their grand opening celebration of the new Electronic Express in the old Toys R Us location out here in Cool Springs. Again, Electronic Express has more name brands, the best service, and the lowest prices guaranteed. And we got a bunch of low item prices, including the Xbox One Digital for one forty nine, the Samsung French Door Refrigerator with two ice makers nine ninety nine, HP Color Printer twenty four dollars. Floyd, you can get all of your Christmas shopping done. Right here today at all these super low prices. Thinking that I'm watching some of these people come up and I'm looking at them and I'm looking at the things they're buying. I'm saying, "There's Christmas right there." Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Jared, the GM, CSPN one zero two five. The game. Jared, the GM, live from Electronic Express again. The Cool Springs Grand Opening where we are glad to be at their brand-new location out here in the old Toys R Us location. Boy, Toys R Us must have been huge. I must not have realized how big Toys R Us was because this Electronic Express location is humongous out here. But again, Electronic Express, great prices, including a 55-inch 4K UHD TV 199 and a 65-inch TCL 4K UHD TV with Roku only 399. So a lot of great prices, giveaways, including the cookie dough, which I've noticed is like now one-tenth of what it was before, and the pizzas are also flying as well. And we're giving away Preds tickets and Vanderbilt tickets today here on the show. Floyd, we're talking about Eddie George and Chris Sanders and just a lot of comments on Taylor Lewan. We'll get to your phones. As promised, Chris is going to start us off here on Jared and the GM. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? 
Chris, we were just talking about you. Oh, really? (laughs) Titans and Truth. We actually played the new episode of Titans and Truth, and apparently you're not very happy with Arthur Smith. No, I am not. I am not. But that will be another conversation that will take all day. But with Taylor LeWan, honestly, I mean, I like the fact that he's a vocal guy, a vocal leader. But you gotta back it up with your play on the field. Lead leaders not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. You gotta be able to lead by example as well. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, um, offensive line's gotta get it together." And we didn't have no energy, but you were the one that was causing most of the problem. So start with yourself first, and and get the other guys together. So I just think we need a guy with. Some swag with some boxing that really fires up the entire team as a whole as a leader. Taylor Warren, good player, but he's got to show me on the field for him to be a leader. So that's what I kind of feel about that. Thank you for the call, Chris. Floyd, don't you think that's somewhere Eddie's frustration probably comes from is the fact that Eddie didn't do a lot of talking, but Eddie did do a lot of going out there and doing his job and performing, and I promise you that – Probably nobody took it more personally when they didn't do well than Eddie George did. For him to see Lawan do all the talking and not the performing is probably something that bothers him. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I think, and I'm trying to think of some of the better leaders that I've been around, but but the guys that that are leaders are probably the ones that do take it the hardest. I mean, a Bruce Matthews. I remember talking to Bruce one time about winning and achieving and, you know, because Bruce was, you know, Bruce was a national punt, pass and kick winner at like 10 years old or whatever he was. You know, I mean, he has been he has been um, performing on a national stage virtually his entire life. And I remember talking to him about it and the pressure and this and that and the other. And I said, what's, you know, what's your greatest fear? And he said, losing. Absolutely no doubt about it, losing. He says, I am terrified of losing. And I think the guys that I have been around that are kind of that ilk are all that way. Kevin Mawai, great leader. Never heard him say a word. Never heard him, you know. But the way he played, the way he performed, the way he practiced, everything he did, and as good as he was, because he was a really good player, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, guys like that, they I mean, those players would follow those guys anywhere, do anything. And we were fortunate that we had a, a number of guys like that, you know, that were, that were uh, it was never an issue for us of, you know, who's going to be the leader on offense or who's going to be the leader on defense. We always had a couple of guys that were top notch in that, and I'm sure that was key to a bunch bunch of the of the good things that we we were able to do. Ag is up next on Taylor Lewan. What's up, Ag? Yeah, this this may be looked at uh like a bit of a stretch though, but I I, I look at myself like I'm a John Robinson guy because I, I like the culture that he's trying to you know develop in Tennessee, and I know he extended Taylor Lewan's contract, but just culturally. I don't believe that he's just a John Robinson type of guy, and I don't believe that he fits the mold that uh, John Robinson is really trying to develop in Tennessee, though. And uh, that's all I got on Taylor Warren. Thank you for the call, AG. I mean, I think there is some truth to that because John likes the guy, like he likes the Conklin types, not the Lawan types. Yeah, but but we have to keep in mind that that John likes Taylor, the players. 
Taylor was um, moving in this direction when Malarkey took the captainship away from him. Mm-hmm. And when Malarkey took that away from him, didn't hear anything from Taylor. Mm-hmm. Taylor was quiet. Taylor was working. Taylor was, and Taylor was an all-pro, not Pro Bowl, all-pro left tackle, which, you know, that, that encompasses a lot of great players. And, uh, and to say you're an all-pro left tackle now, that is a mouthful. And, uh, and he was that for a couple of years. And then, you know, slowly but surely, he's kind of, you know, gotten into the social media and all that stuff. And I'm not blaming social media. You know, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment on the bus and the boys or whatever, any of that stuff. I think there are a lot you of know. people that don't like it. I don't care, but I think there are a lot of people out there that do not like that. Yeah, they're like, I, stop worrying about your podcast and sure. your brand and go play left tackle. Sure. I can see why. You know, that's why you, that's like we were talking about. With Beckham and, and Landry the other night on their the football game in their shoes, you know they're more worried about getting the right shoes and then, you know, change them at halftime. And well, I'm angry because they made me change my shoes. They're more worried about that than they are about winning. And I think a lot of people can suppose that. And so there, I'm sure there are some people out there in in Taylor's situation saying the same kind of thing. I have absolutely no no clue if it's true or not, but. I think just from a visual, you know, for Taylor, for Taylor's sake, just from a visual, those kinds of things don't help him. You know, he needs to, he needs to, I think, back away from all that and just, I mean, because he is a really good player. I just, mean, there's just no play doubt. ball, dog. Just, yeah, play just play ball. You know, remember when D Mace, when he, before, I want to say right after he lost the captainship, remember when D Mace tore him up? You know, that I think was 2016. The Titans went to Jacksonville, and they were on a two-minute drive late trying to win the game, and Mariota got to the line before the offensive lineman did, and they weren't jogging. Like, they were not sprinting in the two-minute drill to get to the line. And D-Mace let Lawan have it the next day. And then, of course, Lawan made a backhanded comment a week later about, well, you know, former players think they know, but they don't know. And then about a year later, Lawan came on and, and said that, he was so hurt by what Derek said that it made him look in the mirror and, and took a positive out of it. He and Derek talked about it. It was great. But, like, this is not the first time this kind of stuff has come up surrounding this guy. Well, we had, I mean, I heard Luan talk after somebody brought up the, um, the Eddie George's comments to him. And, uh, and he couldn't have handled it any better. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, oh, man, I have great respect for Eddie. First of all, he said, he said that. They said, yep. You know, what, what do you think? He goes, I have tremendous respect for Eddie George, one of the all-time greats. You know, I, I mean, he, he did nothing but be classy about Which it. Which was smart. He also, at the same time, I mean, this is not the first time he's gotten called out. He's gotten called out by Derek, best receiver in the history of the franchise. He's gotten called out by Kirk Herbstreet. Now he's getting called out by Eddie George. So basically, if you played at Ohio State and you're not the coach of this team, you get, you're calling out. Uh, you're calling out Lawan. Uh, let's go to, I don't even know who's next. Let's go to John, who's up next here on Jared and the GM. What's up, John? So, Jared, you just said something a minute ago about Taylor Lawan that he is not a leader of men. And it made me think about, I'm a, a military vet and I also played football. And I've kind of made this correlation since being out of the military that in football, 
there are platoons. There's an offensive and a defensive platoon. And there's a structure which the top is the platoon sergeant down to just your everyday soldier. Taylor Lewan, to me, is nothing more than a squad leader. And what they do, you could look at it as you got the skill players, the line, uh, maybe the running backs or individual squads. And Taylor Lewan is not the leader of the offense. He is the outspoken voice for his particular squad, which is the offensive line. And in saying that, a squad leader can develop somebody with less experience than them. But my time in the military showed me that sometimes you come in on a Monday and that squad leader got a DUI over the weekend because they are just as irresponsible as the lowly soldiers. And he has not showed anything to me in his actions with the, um, you know, the four-game suspension, the constant penalties, to show me that he's ready to make that jump to being the outspoken or more humbled, not necessarily outspoken, but more humbled leader of the offense. And one side note, I just want to know, and this, I'm not, I don't want to play the what-if game, but what value on the trade market do you think Taylor Lewan would hold in this offseason? I'll take your uh, answer off the air, guys. Thanks. Thanks, John Floyd. First, um, maybe? I can, huh? A first? Oh, yeah. For Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Taylor's, I mean, he's a all-pro left tackle. He's got some value. There's no doubt about that. We'll get back to your Luan call, 615-737-1025. But first, the Predators are in Colorado as they're on the CMA trip. Crispy is going to join us. We'll get Crispy's latest thoughts as the Preds have been kicking some serious rear end uh, in Detroit. They get ready for Colorado tonight. We'll talk to Terry Crisp. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. You know I use them at my home. Why? Because they are the best. 4.8 out of 5-star rating with over 5 thousand fifteen thousand online reviews that's why i use hiller at my home i absolutely love hiller if you need to get a tune-up because it is gonna be cold tonight if you need a tune-up happyhiller.com get that hvac unit checked out it's real simple schedule a tune-up happyhiller.com you do it right there you can literally do it all on your phone it's not even that difficult happyhiller.com Tom Hiller's got true transparency pricing, so you know what you're paying for and why you're paying for it. That's another reason why I absolutely love using Hiller at my new home. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, proud supporters of the Nashville Predators and the Tennessee Volunteers. Schedule a tune-up at happyhiller.com. Happy Hiller. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Jared and the GM live at the brand new Electronic Express in Cool Springs. Today is the grand opening celebration in the of new Electronic Express in the old Toys R Us location. Come by now for amazing deals plus free prizes and giveaways all day here at uh, Electronic Express. And we, of course, got Floyd. The uh, the Preds tickets were given away in the 5 o'clock hour for the Preds and the Jets. Meanwhile, Preds play tonight on the road at Colorado and Terry Crisp joins us today. But, Crispy, I want to start with this as we bring you on the show. Guess what yours truly was doing today, Crispy. Uh, you know what? Do I really want to know what you're up to? <laughs> Crispy. Scary. No, you're scary. Crispy, I have a new nickname. You scare me. I have a new nickname, Mr. Manual Labor. Because today I was out there with 200 volunteers, including a lot of your coworkers with the Preds, as Kaboom oh, and the, the Preds Kaboom. Foundation... Yes. Good for you. Way to go, buddy. 
Proud so of we you. built the brand new playground for our friends at Kip Elementary out in Antioch. And you bet, Crispy, I was working my rear end off on the mulch. I just want you to know that because the GM does not t- does not believe how hard I was working out there today in the rain for the kids. You do have a passionate bone in your body, by the way. You were good, and I want to thank you very much. And everybody else wants to thank you, Jared, for your help. That was great. <laughs> okay, Crispy, let's get to the Predators. They kicked these stuffings out of Detroit. He's been, he's been fishing for that all day long. And you know, I'm glad I got it. They, they kicked the stuffings out of Detroit on Monday night. Crispy, what's up with this team? We see a game on Saturday where offensively, we you know, they just look kind of inept. And then we watch that outburst in the second period at Detroit. What is going on? And you know what? It's, it's that old Jekyll and Hyde theory again. And for a while, you're, we were wondering which team's going to show up, Jekyll or Hyde. You didn't know what they were going to do, what they were up to. And they started with the first, the first goal right off the bat. You're thinking, oh, no, no, not this again. We're going to have to fight from behind all game long. And then they kicked it into gear. But I think the biggest thing that happened, uh, guys, was the fact that our cannons fired that night. And our cannons had not been firing as of late. We know that. The support cat was carrying the whole load. The guys were doing it. Pecorine was getting it done for them. And the cannons were very quiet. The last late game against Detroit, they woke up. They started to play hockey. The guys we thought should come through came through for us. So hopefully that's a good sign to start this road trip. Chris B., you talk about the Jekyll and Hydeness of this team so far. Is that to be expected in November, or is some of it concerning how one night they can look so good and some nights they, they don't look nearly as good? No, as a coach, you hope it's not. This is not what you expect, not what you want. And, and this team knows each other. They're not like We don't have a whole lot of new ones. I mean, Duchesne came in and the young Pablo. But other than that, these guys know each other. They know their system. They know what to expect of the game that they're supposed to be playing. Coach Lab's had them enough times now. And I, I just think that if you could put your finger on it, I guess you could correct it a little quicker. But... One night we're, we're as solid defensively as you can possibly ask for. We can't get any defense, any offense going. The next night they flip-flop and go the other way around. Um, I, I guess the one word that drives people crazy, especially coaches, is, is that word consistency. And for whatever reason, you go through spells of this. Hopefully we've had our spell early in the season. Chris, there is a, a point in time early in the season, and maybe even today, except, I mean, yeah, at this point in time, except for the for the game before this last one, where uh, they were averaging about six goals a game. I mean, they yeah. were scoring like crazy. Is that something, can we expect, you know, six goals a game for for a season? You know what? When you watch our team when they're hitting gear, yeah. Four, five, six, that's not out of the realm of possibility for this hockey club. But even then, I still go back, uh, GM, to, the, to the, some of the games we lost that we could have won them, should have won them, in fact. We had leads. We scored four goals, five goals. And we just had breakdowns in our defensive game. And the other night when we had one, I forget which game it was, we must have had, I think Coach Lav said, like about 30 scoring chances that one game. I think just before we went on the road. And we put every shot high, wide, and handsome. I mean, we dinged a couple of poles, but we had so many point-blank, great scoring chances and didn't bury them. And for a team of our capabilities, for a team of our offensive 
uh, talent out there. That's what was hurting us. It wasn't that we weren't getting the chances. We were getting them. We just weren't finishing. We were not burying the good chances that we created. And in, in Detroit the other night, they finished them. They, they started to pour them home. What are your thoughts on this Colorado team? Oh, I love this team. They're dangerous. Two years ago, we remember that when we met in the playoffs, they were hitting stride. They were coming, and they're a mean team. I don't say mean. They're, they're, they're together. they got a couple injuries right now that they're going to have to work out and go over it. But I like their team. They're, they're, they're quick. They're tough. They come at you. And their goaltending is as good as anybody when it's on beam. Crispy, Terry Crisp is with us. Crispy Pecorine set a record for goalies over the age of 36 with the start of his season at 8-0-2, the 10-game point streak. Is he getting better? Yeah, he is. He's, he's like a fine wine. As, as age goes on, he gets a little better. And, uh, but you know what I, I, I think? That Pekka, everybody was talking that, you know, young Saros is coming through. He's heir apparent. He's the prince to the throne. And, and I think after a while, the, the guy, whether it's Pekka or any other veterans that have proven they're, they're there, they say, you know what, yeah, one day they will. But I'm not going to hand them this job. I'm not giving up my throne easily. And I think Pekka is at the state where he still has two years, three years left that he knows that he can dominate. And he's going to have to. I mean, right now, Pekka is the guy that's going to carry this team through this year. Who's what? What To what age can a goalie play? I mean, aren't goalies normally pretty well beat up at, at a younger age? Usually. I mean, they, they get so much action, so much up and downs and their legs yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, but Pekka, uh, and again, GM, you know, uh, I always point to that quarterback with the, the Boston Patriots, Brady. If you're looking yeah. at if you're in shape and you look after yourself and you're good to begin with, and then you take care of your body and yourself, you can play to who knows when and still be at the top of your game more than people expect. And I think Pecorini is one of these athletes that is capable of doing that. Terry Crisp, as always, crispy. We appreciate it. We will see you at the rink. I mean, we won't see you at the rink for like another week and a half. Crispy. I know. Do you miss us? I hate to say I, I miss you, though. I miss you guys. Hey, <laughs> I, I want to say also, <laughs> before I leave, way to go, buddy. That kaboom deal today. Thanks for you and all those people out there where the weather was miserable and cussy, but you went out for a great cause and did it. Thanks, Jared. No, thank you, Crispy, as always. And uh, we hope to see you out there shoveling the mulch with us uh, next year. (laughs) Gotcha, big guy. Take care. Have a good day. (laughs) See you, Crispy. Thanks. See you, Crispy. Terry Crisp joining us, as always, on the show. And I will say this. I think it's really cool that the Predators Foundation and our station, amongst others, partner up with Kaboom to build these playgrounds for you know the for the students and the elementary kids to get out there uh and and have a playground to go to every day. I mean, I don't take that lightly. I know Crispy doesn't either, and I I think that that's pretty cool. You know, to, that the team is and I mean, there were I remember at one point I was sitting there and I was shoveling mulch and I was asking some of these people what they did for the Predators cuz I, I didn't know. One guy was a graphic designer, one person ran the ribbon boards at the arena. And the other person worked in, like, corporate sales. So they took everybody in every department 
and you know Chris Jungins, who's the chief revenue officer. Chris Jungins was with us, and David Kells, who runs the building, he was with us. I mean, they had the executives out there. They had everybody across every level. We had everybody across every level. I was out there. Ryan was out there. Kent, who does all a lot of the imaging and commercials you hear, Kent was out there. By the way, MVP shoveler Kent in our office was. But I just think it's cool for these kids to have the opportunity to to have a playground like that. And I think that now that we're turning towards the holidays, this is kind of the give back time of the year. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's fantastic. That's uh that's one of those endeavors where it's win win. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And so it was funny I was talking to somebody who said that one time the, the I think this is the ninth Kaboom playground the Preds Foundation has done and that one time he drove by it like three weeks later and said he saw like 15 kids playing on the playground and, and how cool he thought that was that those kids were were out there and, and doing, you know, playing on the playground that they spent the time building. So big, big hats off to everybody who was out there today. The conditions were absolutely miserable. And again, the playground looked great at Kip Academy out in uh, Antioch, uh, Kip Elementary. Coming up next. Drafting a young quarterback. If the Titans are to do that, how much does Ryan Tannehill have to say about stopping it? We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM, again, we are live out at Electronic Express, the brand-new location out here in Cool Springs. Uh, again, this is their grand opening in the old Toys R Us location, so come on out for the brand-new Electronic Express. Come on out and see us. Register for tickets and more. Jared and the GM, it's ESP at 1025 The Game. Let's talk about that briefly here. Are these quarterbacks in this draft the kinds of prospects, at least at this point in the evaluation, that I know how much you hate the word tanking, but that teams might be considering throwing in the towel for that are that kind of transformational kinds of talents? No. Uh, right now, I'd say all three are kind of vying. It's a three-horse race. All three are vying to be that guy. Everybody thought it was guaranteed to be Tua. That's not the case because of Burrow's ascension up that board. And Justin Herbert's coming off a phenomenal game against USC. He has more talent than any of the other two or any quarterback in this draft or in the last 20 years. Herbert has that kind of ability. Now, he's not to the level of some of these other guys in terms of instincts and awareness, but talent, he has it. So there's three quarterbacks all still being evaluated for that top spot. And then there's Chase Young, the great pass rusher from Ohio State. So right now, Young's the best player in the draft, Greeny. The quarterbacks are right off him. But if you need a quarterback, you're going to take one of these three. Will be the first pick probably in this draft. And like I say, this LSU game against Alabama will have a lot to do with that. And certainly Herbert moving forward will be in this equation as well. So Mel Kiper Jr. says Tua, Burrow, and Herbert are the favorites to go number one. Because, again, teams will take a quarterback. Now, he would take the, he says the best player is the defensive end out of Ohio State, Chase Young, which I think you agree with. I think so. Okay. But usually quarterbacks go number one. It feels to me like it will be Bengals and Dolphins in some order picking one and two. And both teams need quarterbacks. So I'm going to guess a quarterback will go one, two. And then whoever sits there at three will probably get Chase Young, so they'll probably end up with the best player in the draft. Well, you know, three might need a quarterback, too. And they'll go you Burrow. Know, yeah, they'll go and whoever's left. four yeah, gets whatever. Then Chase, then whoever's lucky enough to be at four may miss out on a quarterback, but they may end up with Chase Young. So <laughs> maybe the best pick of the draft. Well, think about this year's past crazy. draft. Arizona takes Kyler Murray number one. San Francisco gets Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa has changed that entire defense in San Francisco. 
if Arizona wasn't stupid and didn't hire the college coach to come in there, Arizona would have Nick Bosa, and they wouldn't be very good right now, but at least they could build around Nick Bosa. Now, my question for you is this. What role does Ryan Tannehill play going forward for the Titans in deciding if they're going to draft the quarterback in the first round? Because even if Tannehill does enough to prove that he should be the starter next year, don't you still have to consider a quarterback in the first round that you would put under Tannehill for a year before flipping the keys over? Or do you think that Tannehill can play well enough to make you think that you can compete with Tannehill next year that you'll want to use your first-round pick on another player to help an issue that you have with your team? Well, you're not going to re-sign Tannehill unless you think he's good enough to help you win next year. I mean, you're you, because it's going to be too expensive. And the truth is, you may really, really like him and, and not be able to sign him, you know, in addition. I mean, you may have to franchise him or transition him or do something to to have a chance to get him. But um, I think if you decide that Tannehill's the guy, then you're deciding that, okay, this guy is the franchise quarterback, which means he's going to be here for another you know, I don't know, two, three years minimum. And and that would give you a little time to go ahead and and pick your backup, you know, whoever your backup quarterback is going to be. Uh, you know, especially if it's a young guy. You would have a draft or two to, to pick them and not necessarily have to do it all. You know, if you get down to the second round or into the first and you trade down, whatever the case may be, and – there's from there and you really like from mm-hmm. well, then you know what maybe maybe he's worth getting um but i think if you find one of those kind of guys you get him you bring him in whether it's next year or the year after that i mean you're gonna have plenty of you're gonna have plenty of holes to fill you know either way so i think there's two things that are going to be telling about whether or not you need a young quarterback one is re-signing derrick henry i mean i I'm a little surprised the Titans haven't already re-signed Derrick Henry just because if Derrick Henry leaves at the end of this year as a free agent and you give, you bring in a young quarterback, that young quarterback's going to have no chance. Well, yeah. But, but, I mean, the great thing about running backs is you can draft a young running back that can come in and, and be productive. You know, we've seen that with Ezekiel Elliott. We did it with Eddie. I mean, yeah, but if you're drafting a young quarterback, you're not going to be able to draft a young running back that high. That's what I'm saying. If you if Tannehill's the guy, you decide Tannehill's the guy. You don't have to waste the first on that. I'm talking about if you do waste the first on the quarterback, and Derrick Henry's not here, then that young quarterback's going to be on an island by himself. Oh yeah, I mean now you know you got to find a running back in free agency or quarterback and free agency or whatever the case may be which is why i'm wondering why they haven't re-signed derrick henry is that a sign that they're leaning towards going with a veteran next year perhaps Tannehill, perhaps another veteran because if they bring in a veteran then they think okay we can draft a running back or we can sign somebody else or trade for somebody or do something and let derrick walk and pick up the comp pick or are they trying to work a deal out with Derek and they can't, or have they not made a decision on Derek? I mean, I wonder where they are in that and how that relates to the quarterback position. Well, anybody, and now this, generally speaking, was what I would like to do, which was I got in touch with all the unrestricted guys because you don't know who you can sign and who you can't sign. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you start off conversations just trying to find out 
if in fact they're excited about about being here. And if they are, then, you know, you carry on conversations. If they aren't or if you don't think they are, then you're probably wasting your time. You know, you got to do one of two things. you got to buy them out. You know, you've got to just overpay them to make sure you can keep them. Or you got to franchise or transition them. If not, you're going to lose them. So, I mean, it's – but you kind of get that in your head, and at least you know where you stand. So now when it comes to unrestricted free agency or when it comes to the draft or when it comes to whatever it is you're going to be doing, you'll have a, a direction. Do you think that Ryan Tannehill has done enough through three games if you were GM to make you entertain the idea that he'll be your starting quarterback next year? Entertain it? Yes. Probably. And what's the discussion like entertaining? How many people are involved in the discussion? Is it just something? Is ultimately Floyd making the choice if you're GM as to Ryan Tannehill's future with this team? Well, ultimately, yes. But you're not doing I mean, you're, you've got a ton of conversation with coaches. You know, whatever. You know, who, whoever it may be. Whoever variable thinks it's important to have in on the conversation. Who? Probably Arthur. Pat. For sure, Arthur, but I don't know if you, you know, if you got the quarterback coach or the receiver coach or the, you know, you could have a number of coaches. I still think Ryan Tannehill has done a good job and that I'm not convinced and I don't know how to evaluate young players, but I'm not convinced that these young players in the draft are necessarily going to be better than Tannehill. I mean, there's a chance they're better than Tannehill. I, I don't know, but... I know that, that Tannehill, your, your Tannehill, baseline is Tannehill. Tannehill was the eighth pick, I think. I think he was seventh. Seventh? I think so. Yeah, I mean, he was a top pick. So whoever we're talking about here, we're, you know, at a point in time seven years ago or whatever it was, you're talking about Tannehill. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's not like he's some free agent, you know, you pulled off a pile. Of, Although Marcus was a top pick, too, and, and nobody's clamoring for Marcus to give him another shot. Right, but my point is, there's, you know, the guy that you're falling in love with right now was a high pick way back when, so you didn't need to, you didn't need to get, you know, you don't. I mean, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you're just pulling some run restricted free agent off the pile someplace. No, I mean, he has Tannehill has come in the league as a very high draft choice. Has By the way, you played, were right, eighth overall. Huh? You were right, eighth overall. Score one for the old. Coach. Okay. Uh, it comes in, has played through his first contract, and has, in fact, got a second contract that was very lucrative. I mean, he was paid like a franchise quarterback. So at a point in time, they thought he was a franchise quarterback. Then they, you know, Miami went where they went, and so Tannehill went where he went. Let's take your phones for Ask the GM. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. 615-737-1025 is the number. Load up those phone lines. That's right. Load them up. 615-737-1025. Everything on the table for the GM. Hockey, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. I don't know. Everything's on the table for the GM, and the best call will receive a pair of tickets to see Burt Kreischer at the Ryman Auditorium on Saturday, April 18th. Again, that's a pair of tickets to see Burt Kreischer at the Ryman Auditorium Saturday, April 18th. Jared and the GM, we are live at the brand new, the grand opening of the Electronic Express out here in Cool Springs in the old Toys R Us location. Come on out and see us out here in Cool Springs uh, today and register to win 
tickets. Let me tell you about my buddy T.J. Anderson. That's right. Your road to Nashville area real estate begins at TJAndersonHomes.com. Check out all the new tools they have there, including market trends and analysis and local info. And that's one of the reasons why I love T.J. Anderson. If you've ever met T.J. Anderson, you know the kind of guy I'm talking about. He is a great guy who's got tons of experience and a wealth of knowledge about the Nashville area market. That's why I, when I was looking around a couple weeks ago, I was with TJ, and he said, hey, this is a good fit. That's not a good fit because he knows. If you're selling your home, you want to get with TJ Anderson Homes. Again, TJAndersonHomes.com. Because TJ's been in the market for so long, he knows how to sell your home. Plus, he's got thousands of people going to TJAndersonHomes.com on a daily basis. So have your home listed there so the thousands of people see him. It's that simple. TJAndersonHomes.com. Again, Nashville area. Buying, selling your road to Nashville area real estate begins at tjandersonhomes.com. Check out all the new tools at tjandersonhomes.com, part of Benchmark Realty today. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025 The Game.